Relevant to our interests is sponsored by Deerfest, because fuck the watery commerce board and their moose fest horse shit. Do they even have moose? No, they're lying to the masses. Have you ever seen a moose? They aren't real. They're like jackalopes or libertarian hairdressers. Fuck watery and fuck their mooses. Brought to you by the former head of the Bright Falls Tourist Action Committee. Oh yeah, no, totally unlawful the way I was kicked out. Oh, you, you show up drunk and without pants once, just once there. All right, and welcome to Relevant to Our Interests. We're I high energy today. And, and with, we are. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's the coffee in the morning uh, time. With, maybe it's I'm Frank fuck with Deer his always. Fest. Or Moose <laughs> Fest. Me, Just fuck is, all of them. Fuck everything. <laughs> John. Fuck watery. <laughs> with me as always is John. He's not going to introduce himself. Nope. I guess I have to. <laughs> You son of a bitch. I never, anyway. introduce, I never introduce myself. It's the one thing that I've decided to keep from the old podcast. That's fair. Well, you kind of do. Sometimes you're like, I don't know, maybe John or, you know, whatever. It could be. Anyway, could be. welcome to the show. We're a podcast that talks about the nerd shit that interests us. Yeah. Um, and uh, today we're talking about Alan Wake, but uh, we want to start each one. episode. The old Not the one. new one. Alan Wake Remastered, technically. Yes. Uh, not the new one. We, but before we do that, we we always like to do a little. Um, we 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 like to do a little uh, catch up, a little some stuff that's interested. Sometimes it could be a news item or something in the world of nerd or geek or weird news. Uh, sometimes it can be personal, and today it's both. It's personal for me, and both personal and weird or not weird, uh, nerdy for John. Accurate. I guess mine's mine's technically nerdy. So hey, uh, I have. And John knows this, but I'm telling him because he's my host, co-host. I have a I'll new family member know. here. What? <laughs> you have a new family member? How the hell does I have that a new work? family member. So uh, a new a new puppy. Uh, I don't. Oh, I do not know what puppy. he is. I do not know what he is. He's uh, a mutt, presumably. My nephew uh, and I found him about a mile and a half from the road. He, my nephew, was up. Uh, uh, helping me with some house stuff. And we were going into town. I live out in the country. I were going into town to uh, grab uh, some stuff for the job. And uh, this little scene runs in front of us. And we stop. And it's a puppy. So we take it to the animal shelter. Uh, because uh, just in case someone has lost it. Uh, I, it's what I would want if one of my dogs was picked up. Um, I've lost dogs before. So it's the, yeah. it's the responsible thing to do. They took it in, and I indicated that if nobody wanted him, I would like him. And he was on his stray hold, and uh, after his stray hold was up, I went and picked him up. Uh, I've named him Monkey D. Luffy. Yes, after the character from the manga anime live-action series, One Piece. That I still need um, to watch the live-action one. But I think I you'd like to, the live action I, one. You know, I'm I'm absolutely certain I would like the live action one. It's just then I it's just I would then have to uh, have a conversation with somebody with with people that yeah. are obsessed with the anime. Yeah, and that's fair. Yeah. Though though I'm so I'm not pushing for this. But if you if you watch the live action one and you feel strongly about it one way or the other. 
I want to talk about it on the podcast just because I fucking loved it. And I had a lot well, of fun the, watching it. The, the, okay, then let's just let's just plan that being like our next thing there because it wouldn't be difficult for me to... But, it's what, six okay. episodes? Uh, eight. Eight, epi- eight episodes. Ooh, eight episodes. Oh. That's, yeah, that's the deal breaker right there. The, <laughs> yeah. the two additional 45-minute chunks of time. Well, technically, they're about an hour. Me. They're about an hour. Well, that'll give me a chance to rewatch it too. So, uh Complete, do a complete rewatch. So anyway, yeah. So I guess that's what we're doing for our next episode. But anyway, yeah. So uh, I'll actually post a picture of them. I've posted on my personal social media accounts. I, I, I will uh, but say, I'll post on the. I'll post. I'm going to post him on the uh, the podcast account. And, I, I will uh, say he is a he's a very photogenic little shit. He is just a cute little guy, and he's he was super timid when we first brought him. And he's super timid. Of course, he'd been out, I don't know, two or three days at least. He's super skinny. Uh, he's starting to plump up a little bit. He's not fat, but he's, he's you know, his, you're not, you can't see his bones and joints as, as well as you could when we found him. Which in and uh, of so itself is a pretty good, pretty good, pretty good thing. Yeah, it's he's filling out. And uh, he's getting to the point now where he'll run around the yard a little bit and torment torment his his elderly brothers, and so <laughs> I do. Uh, I do have one um, slight bit of uh, general advice for uh, our our listeners. Um, yes, uh, joints and bones and uh, like ligaments and the like should probably not be visible. That's yeah, usually a, that's... a bad sign. That's not good. It's usually nope. bad. No. Nope. Yeah. Especially if it's like, if the bone is literally poking out of your skin. That's. Yeah. 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 Definitively terrible. I mean, unless, unless you're that. like, uh, unless you're like a necromorph or uh, a skeleton in a, uh, in a meat suit trying to pass off as a, as a human being. Um, yeah. But those are really the only, the only allowable exceptions. It's true. Altman be praised. So that's that's my interesting catching up thing. Uh, John, what do you got going on? I actually know about yours too, so yeah, I don't know if well, I should act surprised about... or not. <laughs> uh, be in the audience surrogate. <clears throat> You'd be surprised. Okay. Um, all right. Okay. Um, I'm going to do a spit take. <laughs> I have, even though I've been working on it for years and years and years and years, uh, have a... Uh, tabletop role-playing game that i have created like a rule set for sort of a generalized rule set Uh, i'm working on uh setting up some with some specific sort of uh, game worlds but um but yeah i have a, a rule set i have a little beta adventure and if anyone if anyone listening is interested in being one of the little uh being a beta tester on that uh, first little adventure uh, you can email the podcast or the email address that I use for um, for this stuff which is uh, JRB primordial which is P-R-I-M-O-R-D-I-A-L at gmail um, for you know you can email, email, email me there it's that's all specifically for this stuff um but yeah, yeah. And, and if you if anyone's interested uh you can also if you can email the podcast you can email john uh the podcast email is relevant to our interests at gmail.com uh it's spelled just like 
the new logo. So, um, but I'm sure John would be happy to uh, either get you the information to run run it. Yeah. If it's someone he knows and likes, or if it's someone he thinks is cool, like I I, I suspect like if uh, if a famous actor that you thought was cool who's a nerd. Yeah. Like emailed you and said, "Hey, I want to. Uh, will you run me in this game? You'd probably be, be willing." To oh, yeah, without, without 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 <laughs> question. There, uh, my 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 general thing with this is that I'm I have uh, some organizational difficulties with like getting people together for it, but I will run the game for anyone as long as I don't have to find all the players and schedule the time. Like if I don't have to do, yeah, if I don't have to do the, like what I call, or what I, I always call the stage manager stuff. If I don't have to do the stage manager stuff, then I'm absolutely fine with running the game whenever, however. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and when you're to a point where you were willing to share it with more widely with the public at large in a, in a broader scope. Because uh, you're still doing testing and, and refining stuff, I, I, from my understanding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then we we will actually maybe share it uh, to the to the podcast page, uh, various social media sites. Um, yeah. But but yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, I haven't played the newest uh, refined version, but John ran me through uh, kind of an adventure like a year ago about. Yeah. Give it a take, yeah. Little, little, yeah, a little over a year ago. But it was a lot of fun. Year, yeah. I had a lot of, I had a really good time with it. But yeah, it's it's a cool it's a cool little system. It's a it leans more narr- on the narrative end than the gamey end or the simulation. Yeah, end, but, it's uh, definitely uh, narrative more narrativist than gameist or simulationist. Uh, but I think I mostly just anyway. got really tired of like because. Yeah, really tired of particularly simulationist games, and and Five E is really is pretty good about being not being overly simulationist. It's kind of really but it's more very gamey. Yeah, yeah, it is very gamist. Um, but you know, so like that, like I don't like the feeling of being sort of more limited. Um, that comes with you know something like Five E, and then but then on on top of that, like I uh. uh the stuff that's like the st- simulationist where you know like your 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 gurps sort of like the well you can do anything in here as long as you're willing to do uh 15 hours of algebra you can do anything in this system and yes yeah. i'm being unfair to gurps gurps deserves to be unfair too fuck gurps i i don't i don't think it's that bad but anyway we we should be moving on uh well, you're wrong, we have Frank. that's fine uh <laughs> this is america where you are entitled to it's... be wrong it is. Uh, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so up next, Alan Wake Remastered. All right, Alan Wake Remastered. Um, we are still in the process of planning stuff out for this podcast. We don't have yeah. a. We have kind of a set schedule for recording, but we haven't. We haven't set. A whole bunch of stuff in stone as far as yeah. what we're going to be talking about. Yeah, there's a, there's um, a bunch of other shit that's sort of up in the air, but it kind of always was. So it's just sort of uh, yeah. it's the the new podcast actually, is kind of like the old podcast. It's it is, but we are. I would say we are a little more organized uh, than the old one. You know what? That Usually. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. 
mean, at least in some ways anyway. Well, I mean, I know uh, I, I know that uh, I'm I'm in a place where I can like contribute more to organizational stuff. Not a lot because, I mean, I'm still who I am as a person. But yeah. uh, well, and 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 I and I am in a better place mentally uh, with my job and stuff than yeah. I was um, yeah. forever. And so anyway, we, so, uh, I, we, we had no plans to necessarily to do Alan Wake remastered, uh, other than I decided a couple of days before Halloween that I wanted to play kind of a horror themed video mm. game. And I didn't want to, uh, mess with my, my Xbox to, to play the evil within. Because I wanted to play it in the privacy of my oh, yeah. we, room we downstairs. We're going to do those ones. It, they actually would be fun. I was yeah. thinking about it. Yeah. I, and I, and I, I like happen to have. The first one's weird. The second one I actually really liked. Like the second one I really like. But but the, uh, but the I happen to have Alan Wake remastered on from PlayStation. Uh, they gave it away as one of their free games like months ago, back in like April or May. And. I was like, I'll just play Alan Wake because I kept hearing that this game is cool. And so that's what we did. So so that's what we're talking about today. Uh, Alan Wake uh, remastered. It's a remastered version of Alan Wake. It's made by the uh, studio Remedy Entertainment, uh, which is a Finnish studio. It was founded in 1995 by the different demo scene developers. Yeah. And I know you – I got a All comment right. about that. Okay. Demo scenes, for those who don't know, because I didn't know – uh, there were just a bunch of programmers and musicians and artists who made like little demos of their shit, like programs, visual art, ah. themes, visual skills. So, so um, one, so one could argue that it is a scene for demos. It is, but it's yeah. I haven't <laughs> looked into it too much. Uh, that's the only thing you get. You folks are gonna get. If anybody knows more about the demo scenes, especially yeah. in the nineties, actually stuff, would be yeah. That, that actually might be I an think, interesting little deep dive. Yeah. Uh, it actually would because if I if I if they are responsible for some of the stuff I think they are. There's some interesting background in some of the websites and stuff I used to go to back in the day. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, so yeah, Remedy Entertainment. I did not realize they were a Finnish studio. Oh yeah, they're 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 hella Finnish. If you see if you see any like uh, interviews with the 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 actual like designers and the, the people who run the who run the company, um, they have pretty. Pretty intense Finnish accents. Yeah, um, which which is cool. Like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. And i i didn't I didn't realize that, but uh, it's really cool. Like, it's they're they're one of the. It's just like uh, what's that studio that does Eve Online for i that that are, that's set in Iceland. Oh yeah um, yeah yeah. I don't, I don't remember, but yeah, I was just listening to a. I think uh, one of my one of my YouTube people. Um, I think down the rabbit hole just did like a it was like a five hour <laughs> yeah they video I a documentary because... on Eve. I think I, I I turned it on like shortly before bed one night, and I think I woke up I, I like I woke up in the middle of the night and it was still going. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, the first game that they developed was a was a racing game for uh, DOS called ever, Death I Rally. I mean, I didn't, I didn't get to do my thing. You just oh, go into your <laughs> bowled over it. Oh yeah, so it's it's Finnish. It's a very Finnish studio, and they are, and and like the people, the Finns, people of Finland are so fucking proud of it. Like, if you were to yeah. wander around in in one of the one of the the cities there, which I can't remember any of the names of any of them, and sort of like. Helsinki. 
yeah, Helsinki. If you're wandering Helsinki and just sort of like casually mentioned Alan Wake or Remedy or or, or there, you'd suddenly get a bunch of people going like, yeah, yeah, that's us, that's us. We we did we did that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. I know this because uh, my my dear friend Anina is grew up in Finland. She's Finnish. Like, I mean, she looks like she's straight out of the Hitler Youth. She's so Finnish. That's 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 uh that's kind of mean i mean not I not not, not really she's the one that explains to me that the uh that a lot of the a lot of the the people the nazis grabbed to show as they're like perfect aryans or whatnot were actually just Finns. Huh. Well, they just finished people yeah wow. it was a whole it was a whole weird th- it was a whole it's a whole weird thing but she's very Wait. finished is really what i'm saying she's very finished but one some, one of these days we'll have her on uh yeah yeah you talk, she, she does a lot of stuff i'm actually currently like you can't see it because finish cool folks this is a uh uh this is an audio podcast thing um yeah. but i'm actually currently wearing a shirt for a let's play or a, a real an actual play um uh D thing that she's in it's actually nice. pretty good yeah it's, it's actually really yeah. good it's called bardic quest and we'll leave so, that as the uh, the teaser. Not there yet, or the or the both the uh, the shout out. Yeah, it'll be shout the shout out. out. There's the shout out. Yeah. Okay, but anyway, so so uh, Remedy's first game was uh, Death Rally. It was a racing game for DOS. Uh, the next game they develop the below the next game they developed was Max Payne, uh, which was on the PlayStation Two. And they also developed Max Payne 2. And both of those games were written by uh, a man named Sami Antero-Jari, who I'm, I'm sure I'm slaughtering the, fin, the his Finnish name. He's known by Matt, Sam Lake. Uh, that's his sort of his... Uh, his uh, non de plume. Non de plume. Um, and he, uh, he, he was a writer that they pulled in to work on the script for Death Rally. And he wrote the story and and whatnot for for Max Payne. He also lent his face for the character Max Payne. So if you play that original oh, PlayStation Two game, that's his face. And fun fact in in Alan Wake, there's that scene at the towards the end of the game where he's in his apartment, uh, and he's got to turn the TV on, and there's that interview going on with him. Uh, talking to the guy about his last book and his wife's pissed because of the drinking. I don't know if you remember this. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, if you watch the whole interview, the other guy that's there is Sam Lake. And when they say, do the face, <laughs> nice. do the face that he's doing the Max Payne face. Uh, but that's anyway, awesome. so uh, Sam Lake wrote the story of Alan Wake. And uh, he also, he's also a creative director um and uh Alan Wake is first off it, there's a lot of uh there's a lot of interesting little bits John actually discovered he has like the special edition for for the game the original 360 version yeah. of it yeah um has a bonus disc that I can't remember what's on it cuz cuz my Xbox isn't currently hooked up cuz I moved and that's a whole thing uh but I have found that there's apparently a little like book it's like an actual honest to god book and it looks the like alan it's wake in, files. the alan wake files it's an in-universe book about this guy following after what happens with alan wake 
I actually, I'd really like to look at that eventually. Yeah, I know. So when you come out for a visit, hey, look, or here. I get out there for a here, visit. Here, you can look at it. See? Yeah, uh, yeah. You can see it. So anyway, uh, the story itself is very influenced by uh, things like Stephen King, uh, David Lynch, uh, Twin Tweaks specifically. There's a lot of psychological uh, thrillers and horror stories it kind of gives nods to. Yeah. There's a very heavy influence from the Twilight Zone, especially oh, yeah, with the yeah, yeah. spinoff. Well, I, I would almost say that the Twilight Zone is basically the framing device. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's there's an actual TV, like little TV series. Like if you stop and watch the televisions throughout the game, yeah, there's and, and, a, called uh, Night Springs. That's a complete yeah. knockoff of I think there's of, even uh, an achievement. Twilight Zone. There's even an, like an achievement for finding all of the, yeah, the, there the is. TVs. And some of them I are did really not get hard it. to find. Some of them are hard to find. Yeah. I found, and, I found most of them. I think I was, I'm missing two or three, but anyway. Yeah. Um, the game's plot actually kind of reflects the development history of the game itself in some ways, because the initially what they wanted to do is they wanted to create an open world game mm-hmm. uh, after Max Payne, because Max Payne has very structured levels yeah, to kind of give the story I out. Actually, see, I actually see that more and more, and I, I honestly, this is a, a, a little bit of a jump ahead, but I honestly wish they'd been able to do the open world thing. Um, well, I think I mean, some of my some of my ultimate critiques would have been lessened at least a little bit if it'd been more open world yeah well and we'll get to that yeah, a we'll little bit yeah, the, yeah. I'm just... the the thing the thing is is they 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 knew they didn't want to go back to well they couldn't go back to max Payne. they don't have the rights to it rocks rockstar studios owns the right to max Payne, which yeah. is why remedy had no involvement for max Payne three um but they were kind of floundering with it and they ended up refocusing because some of the stuff they wanted to do with it they couldn't achieve with the open world uh thing that makes and sense when they once they uh once they refocused it things kind of clicked together and uh and it kind of i mean alan Wake kind of mirrors that except what refocus his his ability to write is we'll talk about the plot yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. it's not good but uh it was originally uh, released exclusively on the 360 um, mm-hmm. there was no original, originally there was no plans to port it over to PC and there was nothing. I think they had an exclusivity right with Microsoft, obviously. Uh, so it could only be on the 360. They did get the rights back. And so they were able to port it to the PC a couple of years after its original re- release in 2010. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then they, re- they did release the remastered version, uh, in October of 2021. So it's been out for two years now. Um, it includes both the, the two special uh, episode DLCs. Uh, they were able to re- re- basically release that uh, completely wide open. Um, so um, there is a sequel that just came out literally like two or three weeks yes. ago. And, and then there's uh, – you know, I was just going to say and it is very – it's very strongly that they're designing a, an intertwined universe. Yeah. The remedy folks and they there. also there's also uh control um which is uh, which is one of my related. which has become one of my absolute favorite games like i fucking love yeah. that game. and and we will and we will we will eventually talk about that one because john yes. wants to fun fact i the one who told you about that and then i never finished the game i ended yeah up yeah and i like and I, I, I played it, it there it's sort of uh just a, a 
quick little hit there. It's sort of um, a more focused. If if you're at all familiar with the whole SCP thing, it's sort of a more focused version of that. Frankly, story wise, yeah, yeah. Um, and when we talk about the game, we'll dive more into that. Yeah, but anyway. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so Alan Wake's been out for 13 years now. I mean, it's for quite a long time. It's uh, a pretty spectacular game plot-wise, uh, which we're oh, yeah. going to go over. The story over. I, I have absolutely no no critiques, no issues with. And uh, for those who listen to the old podcast, uh, people would know that I am a, a petty, persnickety, um, angry motherfucker when <laughs> it comes to some what of this shit. It? Yeah, it's true. So anyway, we're going to go over the plot. Uh, we're going to, I'm going to, I wrote pretty, pretty, pretty detailed synopsis. From here on out, spoilers just all the way through. So if you haven't played I, the in, game, but you're interested in playing it, go play it before you listen to the rest of this episode, because I'm just going to, we're just going to spoil and, the fuck and, out and of in this. And fa- in fact, I would, I would say that we should just take that, that we should have said that last, the, in the last podcast, because that's just how our podcast works. Like from here on out, there it are is. spoilers. Like if we are talking yeah. about it, we are going to I, spoil it. I don't. I will say this: I don't feel as bad with Psycho Goreman talking about it. I oh don't yeah, feel yeah. It, I the don't plot, really, the plot because, honestly is not the important part of that one. Yeah, at it's all. not. It's the the plot. The, the plot really doesn't. The plot is like like pulled out of a like it's pulled out of the the freezer section of the uh, the grocery store level basic. Yeah. But anyway, so the plot of Alan Wake, first off, it's presented like a, t- a t- television series. Like if you're sitting down to watch a TV show, only you have you have to play through big chunks of it. Yeah. Um, it includes uh, episode recaps. Uh, there's actually a closing song. It doesn't do the closing credits between an episode, but it just says end of episode one. And there's actually like a song, like a lot yes. of TV series, and I, particularly in the early 2010s would do. Yeah. Uh, and I I've, I found out that there's that there's basically, I think there was, seems to be, a different different song for the end of each episode. There is, and and also I found out that if you uh, leave it and walk away, it will autoplay the next uh, chapter if you uh, if you let the song play through to the end. It does. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was a that was a fun thing to to learn. Like, oh, I'm halfway. I'm like two minutes into a cutscene. Well, son of but a bitch. Fun fact is, you can you can go back and watch all the cutscenes uh, from the. Yeah, well, I think it was it was so. one that was like one of those like people talking, but it's yeah, it's gameplay, but it, it should it, be a cutscene that one of, one of those sorts of things. Yeah, it does it does that previously on Alan Wake. Yeah, yeah. so uh, I discovered that because I actually sat through. I was like, oh, this is cool. The first episode, I just sat through it, and then it clicked in. It was like previously on Alan Wake. And I was like, that's when it, I completely clued in because when it when it hit that end of episode one, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And then when it went into that yeah. previously on Alan Wake, I was like, "Holy shit, this is a, this is awesome! I love the way this is presented." Um, so episode one starts out with a tutorial. Um, there's a Alan basically narrating. He's he's having this nightmare where he hits his hitchhiker, he kills him, and then he he stops to like help him, and his car won't start, and then the shadowy version of the hitchhiker chases him to this lighthouse. Yeah. Um, and when he gets to the lighthouse, uh, he gets to the top, he wakes up, he's on this ferry going to Bright Falls with his wife. I will say that that was one of the better and smoother tutorial 
setups that I've seen in a game in a while because it goes over yeah all, all, basically you go over all the basics of the gameplay right yep. right right there but it felt it didn't feel like heavy-handed I mean it still felt like a tutorial particularly the second time through um yeah but yeah it's yeah. not but also like it, it the game was there like there's some uh it, it, it gives you everything you it. need it, it gives you everything you need to play the game right right out of the gate yeah uh without making you feel like an idiot like some games do with their tutorials and without n- keeping too much information back so you can't yeah there's a problem well, with some tutorials where where when you when you when you get to them they don't give you the information you need or it's up to it's obtuse mm-hmm. and it's not effective. Well, and and I also think the fact it, it, that they had it, that they had uh, that you had um, the voice in the light that yeah. you know it, that ultimately you learn is the dude, but he but he but that particular character keeps coming back and doing the same thing. So like yeah. like it's so it's not just like you don't feel like it's just oh this is just a one off tutorial. Yeah. It's, uh, um. It's, it's it's a beat that happens throughout the game. Like it's it's, yeah. and when it, and it's not just. I mean, he, he comes back several times, but it's not just tutorial sections. Yeah, when he yeah, does yeah come no. back. and he's, he's whenever he he's introduces an something else, he's an important part of the game, and more than just like the oh, this is the guy that tells you to do the tutorial. Yeah, um, it's, it's not what, just it's, the, it's, the the narrator that exists for one scene, which which I think is one of my it, that has. That has started to really, really annoy me. Like, yeah. if you're going to have some kind of like narrator sort of character, just own it. Go for Commit it. There's it. a yeah. lot of very compelling, interesting things you can do with a narrator. Because yeah. a narrator innately creates a bunch of questions that now you get the opportunity to answer. Yeah. And so this whole sequence seems to be a reference to I Know What You Did Last Summer. If you haven't seen that, that horror yeah. movie, I, I have. Yeah, they they hit they hit a hitchhiker and they get out to like check him out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The difference is, is he the hitchhiker doesn't disappear necessarily. They yeah they try to hide the body and then it turns out he's not dead. Anyway, um, yeah. I think so you he, just explained uh, why I haven't seen that particular movie. <laughs> so uh, so Alan Wake wakes up. He's with his wife on a ferry going to the town of Bright Falls. She's taking them there. So uh, with the hopes that he can meet with the psychologist, Dr. Hartman, to kind of overcome his writer's block, they stop to get the keys to the cabin they're staying in uh, from a guy named Stucky. Um, But instead of actually getting the keys from Stucky, uh, this old woman shows up, gives him the keys, tells him they're from Stucky. And then they go to the cabin uh, and night falls. It's, It's twilight. Alice... Alan's wife kind of reveals her her intention with the trip. Yeah, he kind of flies into a rage and leaves, and which he hears. I mean, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna say that like the intensity with which he does it is really shitty. But yeah, the, like but kind of being lied to about the nature of the trip and and it sort of being this sort of like trick into getting getting him to into, into writing again like the the i think 
it's like he shouldn't have been so shitty about it, but I think Alan's feelings there are actually kind of valid. Like no, his, it's, his it, anger there I is kind definitely of agree. valid. I, I kind of agree. There was a there is a certain amount of justification for his anger, but maybe not his response. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, no, no. His his response is completely is completely inappropriate. But 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 his feet but but I think in that moment particularly his feelings are very valid. Sorry, I had to give a dog a pet. Ah. Um. Oh, I also uh, looked like I'd been clipping again because so I'm actually paying attention to it, so I bumped it down another little bit. Okay, cool. So, so I'm um, try and keep an eye on that. So he he hears some screaming from the cabin. He he goes out to the bridge. Because the the cabin itself's oh, on this little island. There is one fa- one factoid that is uh, that is that that needs to be needs to be known in order to like make the 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 screaming and everything kind of make more sense. Alice has a crippling fear of the dark. Like yes, it is a cat. Like like she should be on some antipsychotics or something. Like she needs some that that's the level of anxiety that she has for that <laughs> is. Uh, Particularly something that be. common is concerning. Yes. So very concerning, actually. So the light, the lights go out. The generators shut off at the cabin. Alice starts screaming. Alan runs towards the cabin. When he gets there, the lights are out, and it appears that Alice has fallen uh, off the back of the the back porch into the water. Yep. He dives in after her, goes unconscious. Wakes up in his car. He's just careened off the road and been in an accident. And the only thing he can think of is where the hell is Alice? What happened? Why am I in my car? The only thing he could last thing he remembers is diving into the water after her. He sees a gas station up ahead. He goes to the gas station, discovers once he arrives there, uh, and the, he gets to a point, and this is game, these are kind of gameplay. That the the guy he's supposed to get the key from, he also works at the lumber mill or does some stuff at the lumber lumber mill. Yeah, yeah. And Stucky. and the shade, him and various shades of people that work at the lumber mill chase Alan through the forest, uh, and that's a common theme. And we don't need to go into a lot of details over it unless it's relevant to the plot. At least right, at least but at once, least right now, I I have I have some thoughts on that from a gameplay perspective, but. Like story wise, yeah, yeah and, we'll, it's just, and we will talk about that. Yeah, story wise, there's just there's just shades. Uh, they just happen. Shades there. and birds and like stuff. The, the the darkness, the 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 darkness from the dark the, place. The, the taken uh, just sort the of taken. takes people. Yeah, but uh, he gets to the gas station, discovers that uh, an entire week has passed since they've arrived in Bright Falls. Um, he calls the sheriff to to, to report his wife missing. And says, hey, we were staying at uh, Bird, the cabin on Bird Lake Island in C- uh, Cauldron Lake. And she's like, the cabin's gone. That island hasn't existed since the 70s, since a small volcanic eruption happened. Yeah, and he's like, bullshit. The island we and... were there. Yeah. So she shows up and takes him to the island and show, or the place and shows him, like, no, it's, it's gone. It's not there. That's the end of episode one. That's how the first episode ends. Fantastic ending, by the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah. great cliffhanger. Um, episode two opens up with the town doctor checking Alan out. Um, he gets a phone call. Uh, he he basically tells the doctor he's fine, kind of lies to him. 
that way, because he feels like he can continue looking for his wife, he gets a phone call from a man named Mott, who claims to be Alice's kidnapper. Um, and at, shortly after that, Dr. Hartman shows up and uh, introduces him to Alan, and Alan punches him because the dude's a, the dude's an asshole, and you get yeah. that right. Yeah, right off the like bat. at best, he's sort of a slimy prick. Yeah, and shortly after that, uh, Alan wakes. Uh, Agent Barry shows up, and basically grabs Alan and takes him. They go get a cabin. Uh, Alan tells Barry that Mott wants to meet him at the top of this lookout at the at this national park, and so at night, Alan goes up there and meets with Mott. They, they're they assailed by a bunch of the, sh- the uh, taken and they end up having a fight. The man's like, you've got to bring me the the manuscript that you've been working on. And the entire time I was like, I, I don't understand what you mean other than he keeps getting uh, by the by the figure in light that first appeared in the lighthouse. He keeps getting these manuscript pages sort of placed. Um, yeah. And they actually reveal... Huge chunks of the story, if you read through them, that oh, it yeah. either happened, yeah, like, like where or is off screen, or happened later, or is go- yeah, um, like, like there are times where you'll see like the oh wait, I read this in the thing, like we're like I'm- I read this two episodes ago, yeah, um, yeah, it's pretty fantastic. Um, they get into a, an argument. Mott runs off, and then Alan returns back to the cabin to rescue Barry, who's being attacked by uh, shade shade bird bird it's shades, flocks of birds. And uh, Barry is a firm believer now. At this point, like, yeah, Alan's not full of shit. There's actually uh, well and stuff I, happening. I can't remember exactly how Barry words it, but the way the way Barry words it is just sort of like the like, dude. You know what? I don't have to understand any of this shit to to to, to take you to take you seriously. Like I'm taking you seriously. I don't give a shit if you're crazy. I don't like if you are crazy or not. Doesn't matter. You're accurate. So we're just gonna roll with this. Yeah. Um. They then get a phone call from the waitress in the cafe that uh, Alan stopped to get the keys from. Oh, um. She tells him that hey, I've got a bunch of your manuscript pages. You can come down and pick them up. She's being controlled by the mysterious old woman. Yeah. Uh, and that's how, and that reveal is how episode two ends. Episode three starts with them going to pick up the manuscript pages. Um, she's clearly being controlled. Like, I, I I don't understand how Barry and Alan couldn't be suspicious of her, the way she's responding to them. Um, they, she ends up drugging them. They end up waking up uh, in the trailer park she live, lives in is under siege with uh, the sheriff's department, Sheriff uh, Breaker and this FBI agent Nightingale. He starts shooting at him. Alan escapes, slips through, ends up going to the local radio station because he keeps hearing the, this radio program, thinks the guy might be sympathetic for to him. Um, the cops catch up with him at the radio station. So he slips through and uh, kind of escapes. Goes out and uh, the next morning he goes and he makes his way to the coal mine that he's supposed to meet Ma at. Um, and when he finally, Ma actually calls him and changes the location. Uh, yeah, where like he wants last, to meet. Last minute. Last minute. And it really pisses Wake off. Yeah. But he goes to meet Ma and it's near the, the location of the actual 
uh, island, where the island was. Um, when he arrives, he sees the mysterious old woman sort of torturing Mott. And then this tornado like appears and hurls both of them away and causes Alan to be thrown into the water. And that's how episode three ends. Episode four, which is both my least favorite and favorite episode of the game. <laughs> yeah. And I'll explain. I can explain why. Oh. Alan wakes up in the in at the lodge that Dr. Hartman runs. Oh, Hartman. Dr. Hartman runs this lodge to treat people who are uh, creatives, who, who are artists or musicians or game developers. Yeah. He begrudgingly allows the game developer guy to be there. Um, such a piece of shit. (laughs) Yeah. He, he's encouraging them to like create, this is like part of his therapy. But, um, he's actually being influenced. What ultimately happens to it? What ultimately happens to him? Yeah. I know, I know he's, he shows up in control. He shows up in control and I can say pretty definitively, he does not deserve what ultimately happens to him, even though he is a complete piece of shit. Now that's fair. But he is being influenced by the, by the, uh, the dark presence. Yeah, and, well, he's he's actually trying to use the power of the dark presence in order to for money and shit. Yeah, because the dark presence influences artists. Part of its theme is it's trying to, and we're, we'll get into this because this is kind of the episode where all re- this a lot of this is revealed. It's trying to use its influence. Uh, it's trying to influence artists and stuff to basically bring it into our reality. Yeah. Um, it, uh, it, like before it just sort of was, just sort of was, was, was there. Um, it was kind of, um, there were a lot of like controls from the, the, the indigenous populations had some, had like, like knew it was like, this is a bad spot. We just don't go there. Fuck, fuck that. Fuck that. Yeah. Um, or yeah, they had, like, so, or there were like rituals involved with it specifically, but then yeah, oh, it dealt with John... Zane is basically the one who started waking it up, and then the yeah. and then well, the, we're, we're, yeah, I don't know, I'm just I'm, 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 okay, yeah, yeah, we're jumping a little bit ahead. Thomas Zane, he's referenced several times by before this point. Yeah, like, no, yeah, I, he was the, a writer. The, the reason I'm bringing it up there is not not necessarily from like a like a plot a pure plot perspective, but like from what actually happens with the the lake because the lake definitively evolves but it's rested for like hundreds of years just sort of relying on this like you know occasionally would have uh one of the 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 indigenous indigenous tribes would have some kind of mild interaction with it or they'd you know like try and use it to gain some kind of um some magical edge when hunting or something something along those lines and then yeah. they do, but then Thomas Zane shows up and because, and he's this, he's this poet and he is actively there sitting on the lake. Um, yeah. It starts to reach out to him and he basically realizes that he can start changing things. And then I won't go exactly. I will, I will, well, cause it's important to the plot later. I won't go into what he does, yeah, but he does some shit that goes poorly <laughs> And then, yeah. and then the, uh, then there's the, the, uh, the old, the old gods of, uh, the old gods of, As- or new gods of Asgard. Old gods of Asgard. Yeah, old gods of Asgard. So he, he who actually. are my favorite characters. <laughs> they make so so Alan actually meets there, these two brothers, the Anderson brothers, yeah. Thor and yeah. uh, Odin. And yeah. he meets, actually meets them in the diner at the very beginning of the game. Yeah. But they're actually being treated at Hartman's Lodge. And he finds out from them 
that they have the secret of what's going on. It's at their farm. Yeah. Um, yeah. They were they were like a, a a glam metal band from the from the seventies, and they settled there. Yeah. And uh, they settled in Bright Falls and and built this farm, and then they just went nuts because of the oh, influence oh yeah, of the yeah, dark yeah. Like, presence. Well, it, apparently, like there's 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 stories that they sort of tell. And I don't remember if it's in manuscript pages or if they themselves just tell them. Um, there's both. Yeah, a mix of they both there, show. but that, that like Odin had literally torn his eye out. Like at one point, like when he was dr- when he was drunk on this moonshine they make with the cauldron lake water. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then and then uh, and then uh, Thor would run around it in when you meet him in in Hartman's when you meet them in Hartman's deal, Thor just has Lodge. this little squeaky hammer, <laughs> just keeps hitting things with, and then he's just pissed off because they took his real hammer, and it it yeah makes me so happy because he's just got this like squeaky squeaky squeak whoop 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 and so after yeah after Alan meets with the with the various characters. Uh, he discovers that one Hartman's been lying to him because Hartman's saying it's all in his head. Everything that's been he's been experiencing is hallucinations, and two Hartman's actually locked Barry up. Oh yeah, yeah. God Hartman. And, uh, and uh, so Alan lets Barry happen. out, and then the there's a storm coming, and when the storm hits, the dark presence shows up. Yeah, um, I think it blows out the power. Th- it blows out the power. Yeah. Thor is actually able to get a, an actual hammer and he hits the <laughs> yeah. head nurse on the head. Oh, God. Yeah. It. And then he's, they're hunting. The, the, they've been hunting the nurse. And yeah. Yeah. But, but there's a bit where they're like, he's standing outside the door and they're like, they let us in. Let us in. Uh, so, yeah, they, this provides a distraction, allowing uh, Alan and Barry to get away from the lodge. Yeah. And they oh. head towards the farm. Um, they get into a car accident. That's yeah. a big theme in this game is car yeah, accidents. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of car accidents there. I think it, it's it's got to be some kind of like – although you look at like uh, some of the stories that he's – some of the stories that they're talking about, like the ones that Alan – wrote and the ones that are and the ones that sort of show up a lot in like you know your kind of twilight zone things like car accidents are a very common trope in in that kind of psychological horror and yeah. also that uh and also that it, and, and well and the the like is it like what isn't isn't real that kind of any of those stories yeah. like there's a lot of car accidents yeah um, oh but i want so, to say there is there's something that i found uh, I think it's. I think it might just be in the remastered or something. But in the, in there's a bit in uh, in after the lights go out, where you can find a. It's one of those little QR codes that's on the wall, oh, yeah. like it's a poster. And if you click it, and I did it on my phone, you get basically just like this Max Payne winking at you GIF. <laughs> there's there's actually. I've only I I know there's a couple of others. There's there's another QR code that you you can find at the very beginning of the game. Oh yeah. I think it might actually be in the tutorial and it'll take you to a video on you a YouTube video. Huh. If you click on it. There's there's there yeah, there's QR codes throughout the throughout the the game. You know, I might that'll take you to I little Easter to, eggs and shit. I might need to see about playing through one more time just to hit some of the collectibles and shit. Yeah. But anyway, so they 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 end up getting to the farm. Yeah. Uh, Barry ends up at the farm first. He's getting attacked. They show up there. They discover that the brothers have this massive stage built yeah. at the farm. Oh. And so there's like 
This is actually a gameplay element where there's this big battle where you fight like it just is, hordes of these dudes. It is it is one of the most awesome and incredibly frustrating parts of the entire fucking game for me. Yeah, it like, is incredibly frustrating. God, I, uh, like the I hate it, but I also but like I love it conceptually. Like conceptually, it gi- it gives me a mental hard on conceptually. But then when I'm actually playing it, I'm like, God damn it! Did anyone fucking beta test this or what? Shit. Uh, Anyway, yeah. Uh, they after they end up making it to the house, uh, they discover the uh, record that the the brothers had made, had pressed. It has a song that refers to, and I don't remember the name of the song off the top of my head. But you got the soundtrack, so you could be able to look it yeah. up. Yeah, I can, I can do it. Um, or we we have the internet. I guess we can just do it that yeah, way too. Yeah. Well, I think the trouble is that right now, because of the way things are built right now. I don't have like a I don't have a means of putting the of like ripping the CD onto my yeah. computer or anything. Just but anyway, annoying. it it's re, the 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 track reveals as a song about uh, Barbara Yeager, who was uh, Thomas and Cynthia Weaver. Yeah, um, Barbara Yeager was uh, Thomas Zane, the poet's uh, lover. Mm-hmm. Um, she ended up dying, and Thomas kind of brought her back yeah. with his writing. He used the, yeah, he, he used his poetry to bring her, and bring her back. What came back was not actually her; it was New, the dark presence. The dark presence masquerading as her. So anyway, the the this episode ends by Barry and Alan drinking the moonshine, and Alan having a vision of what happened exactly that night. Yeah. So basically. The dark presence got him and Alice. She, it trapped Alice and trapped him in the the cabin that's in that the the dark place, the other place, um, and basically forced him to write, saying, "I'll let your wife go if you write this story." As Alan was writing, he realized that what he was doing was he was giving power to the dark presence and allowing it to come into yeah, reality. It's, it's why it became a, it's why it became a horror story because that was the type of story that would give. The dark presence, it the power. most power would empower it the most. Yeah, because Alan was not a horror writer. No, no, he's, he, he, was, wrote, he wrote like he wrote thriller, either crime thrillers and TV shows. Yeah, um, and so he realized what was going on. He wrote himself out of the story. He gave himself an escape, which is what uh, brought him up to the top side of the lake. Disoriented, he got into his car, and that's what caused the accident. Yeah. Um, well. I he didn't he didn't write himself out. He wrote himself. Well, he didn't like, write himself he, out of the story. In fact, he wrote, he wrote himself, himself in out. The, the, well, the, that was the point that he wrote himself into the story, like into the story oh, okay. more firmly, and started to but started to give himself like because it was because he knew how horror stories worked. He could start creating hope, like like these little bits of hope and and things there. And yeah. also that's when, and, but like, but just, just to go, to go back, we were talking before beyond what Alan does, Thomas Zane, one of the things that, that he did was he literally wrote himself out of existence. Like he was a huge yeah. fucking deal. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Alan and Alan and Barry, uh, wake up. Well, Alan's already awake, but Alan and Barry wake up. They're in a jail cell. Episode yeah. five starts out this way. They're confronted by Nightingale. And I, I honestly wish I knew more about Nightingale. Like I, the sheriff? I completely missed why he was even fucking there. Oh, the, like, the agent. <laughs> yeah. No, he just kind of yeah. comes out. He does kind of come out of nowhere. 
I'd like to think he has something to do with because I started like in the middle of I started this playthrough in the middle of uh, episode two because I'd kind of just I'd I'd played one like I think a couple of months ago. Yeah, and then just kind of meh. I I would not I I I I want to I'd like to think and and maybe he shows up in Alan Wake too maybe there's more about him in Alan Wake too I don't know yeah. I would like to have think that he's actually from the Federal Bureau of Control but apparently he's not referenced there either but yeah um, no no he's not he's he's not and they're really uh yeah anyway so. um so anyway they they wake up in this well, jail cell they're being confronted. They're being confronted by uh, Agent Nightingale, and then the Dark Entity shows up, pulls Agent Nightingale into itself, into it, and Sheriff Breaker's like, "Oh, okay, you're not crazy. This is fucking nuts." Um, Wake's like, "We need to get to the dam because, based off the song, there's a woman named Cynthia Weaver there who uh, knows what's going on and can help us, like, beat this thing." And so they go to the, they get to the helicopter. They fly to the dam. Uh, Alan gets separated. He falls out of the fucking helicopter. Then the helicopter crashes. He ends up meeting with Cynthia. Um, and then Barry and, and Sheriff Breaker catch up with them. They all go to the room of light. And this is this room that's just filled with light bulbs. Uh, Cynthia has been watching it since the thirties. Thomas. And that's where you find out that uh, Zane sort of wrote himself out of existence. He 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 wrote all of the knowledge because he was a fairly famous poet. And they actually yeah. comment like uh there's actually a comment earlier in the game. I think it's Barry's like he's like, you you said that there's this guy Thomas Zane. He's like, I I've researched the hell out of him and I can't find anything about him. And Thomas Zane wrote himself out of existence. More so they discover when they get to the box that that uh, Cynthia has been watching all these years, these decades, all that's in the box is a page of manuscript that Thomas Zane wrote and a clicker. And the page of manuscript is describing Alan Wake as a child getting this clicker to help him come overcome his fear of the dark. Yeah. And so armed with this clicker, he goes back to the lake, back to where the Island was and confronts the dark entity. He goes back down into the cabin Sits down, and it basically finishes writing the story. He writes finishes Alice the, escaping. Yeah, he, he Sorry, finishes the last. He finishes it's because it's the last page, and he talks explicitly a number of times about having to see what was written and finishing the last page. Yeah, because I think that's how that's why the dark presence is so after him, but why they haven't been. But one of at least a couple of reasons why. The dark presence hasn't been actively trying to just kill him outright. Which saying that doesn't make sense considering the gameplay elements. <laughs> but anyway, uh, well, but that's, that's neither that's, here nor there. Well, that's also the 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 nature of the story. There is that like he need like he can never be safe, but Alan could never be safe because that's how those stories work. But he also yeah. couldn't die. But the, yeah, the dark which, and the dark presence couldn't come out, outright yeah. kill him. Yeah. Like, which I am going to be talking about once we hit uh, gameplay stuff. Like, I'm going to rant and rave about that. So, yes, you are. So Alan sits down. He finishes the story, and the story ends with his wife escaping. Everybody d- celebrating Deerfest, which is a call, which is something that is is looming 
yeah. the entire time they're there. The Deer festival. Fest is going to happen. It's a yeah. festival that happens every year. Um, um, and they have this rivalry and, with the town of Watery, who did Moose Fest. And the Moose Fest did incredibly well this year, so we got to do better than them because. So, so but Alice escapes, yeah. and Alan is trapped in the cabin in the in the dark, in the dark place with the dark presence. And then the special episodes, basically, in the special episodes, you kind of see what what's going on with Alan in the dark. The dark place. I don't know what else to call it. No, that's, um, that's what it, he's it's called. It's just the dark place. He's and, led deeper into the dark place. He has a kind of an hallucination with Barry and, and Thomas Wake, or not Thomas Wake. Thomas, Thomas Zane, Zane is like, "Hey, you're you're going too deep. You need to come back. Um, I've been trapped here for ages. You need to come back." Um, Alan discovers that his psyche's been kind of split in half, and once he rejoins, he's able to sit down at the typewriter and start writing a new story, which I presume is Alan Wake 2, but I don't um, know because I haven't played that game. <laughs> that I, I can say that that is it part of at least part of it uh yeah. is implied to be the DLC in control. The Alan Wake themed DLC in control. Very nice. And probably some of it's got probably Alan Wake 2. I yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm certain it is. That's kind of the, the, way, yeah. the way the the way the build goes. But it's like they were kind of trying so, to set up Jesse to be something there. Yeah. So anyway, I uh, this game came out, and I'd heard from a few people. Uh, not you'd mentioned it a couple times, but you'd mostly talked about it as story wise, like, hey, the story of this game is pretty cool. Uh, at the time of its release. I, I didn't have a I didn't have a 360 back then, um, mm-hmm. and by the time I got one, I w- it wasn't on my radar. Yeah. Um, but uh, as far as the game itself, so uh, the gameplay, uh, it doesn't it, seem to know fully if it wants to be if it wants to be like a shooter with horror elements or if it wants to be a horror with shooter elements it it yeah it sort of falls in that and and i will say i kind of did a deep dive because one of the things i i played it on easy i I have no shame in that i'm not these are not the type of games i normally play um and so i always approach them from the easiest possible way i think control will be more like your more up your alley frankly yeah I, I I did and I did play control. I actually played was playing control on I think normal and I I mean I run into issues, but I I was able that to that one also has stuff really really good um like uh, uh adjustments for yeah and um, I and I knew that as well. Okay, uh, uh, it's not accountability <laughs> accountability availability uh, accommodation uh, accessibility. accessibility accessibility yeah they have some really great accessibility stuff like I I yeah. I adore that game for how how they did it because there was a lot of times where i just reached the like you know what i don't want to have to play I, like the dying over and over again is just getting ridiculous um and i yeah. still had a i still had a sufficient challenge even when i set it to the even when i just clicked the i can't die button on control but yeah. we're not talking about control so no so so some of the some of the gameplay elements make sense thematically and i don't necessarily have a huge problem with them in that aspect because there's this running fatigue you can run as alan wake but you can't run very long now you can dodge 
presumably, uh, theoretically, you can dodge nonstop throughout the game. There's issues with it, and then John's going to rant about that. Part that'll yeah. be part of his rant when we get to it. But Alan Wake is a writer. He he's not fat. He's not flabby, but he's not in shape. Like he, he clearly doesn't hit the gym very often. Um, so it makes sense that he wouldn't be able to like sprint for you know ever. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's also uh, just kind of the visibility. Um, it's the most of the game is set in the dark. It becomes sort of onerous with the flashlight. If you get into an enclosed space, it really limits your visibility. Um, the, oh, yeah, but you get but the, you're always the heavy you, duty, like the heavy duty flashlight. I fucking um, love that thing. No, yeah, um, I, I adore it. But one of the things I hated is that like the little light sensitive paint messages. Oh yeah, like they're like completely washed out. If you're uh, if you're yeah. like you have to watch it, like you have to kind of aim it around it in pieces. Like it's oh yeah, it's annoying. There's there's little light uh, glow like light sensitive paint that leads you to yeah. like treasure chests and stuff throughout uh, the game. The, 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 um, you find it. The lamp lady has been putting. They do actually reveal who put that, which was nice. Yeah, Cynthia Weaver. Yeah. Yeah. There is apparently a method, and so I I treat the flashlight like uh, you would treat like an aim in, a, in an action game, like in a in a shooter, mm-hmm. a third person shooter, which is just hold it down because you you have to use the flashlight to burn away the darkness on the the enemies, yeah. and it made parts of the game kind of a struggle. That said, I did a little research because I was genuinely curious because this game feels like it wants you to finish it. It feels like it wants you to tell. It wants to tell you the story. Um, yeah. And I I did not find the answer to this. And if somebody knows for sure, uh, if you could let us know. But it felt like at least on easy mode that it has adaptive difficulty, which for those of you not familiar with it, it's when a game kind of monitors how you're doing and either makes itself harder or easier depending on how you're doing in the game itself. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of games that have it, have adapted difficulty. And I, I legitimately think, feel like at least on easy mode that Alan Wake may have had, may have adaptive difficulty because I would run into the same section where I just keep dying over and over again. And I, yeah, I change up what I was doing a little bit. But never enough. But there would be a point where instead of just barely making it or getting to a point where I was really close and then dying, I'd get to a point where I'd make it and still have like half of my resources or more left. Like, you know, starting over at the checkpoint, I wouldn't have to use hardly any bullets, flashbangs, flares or anything Mm -hmm. like that to get to the next point. So, but researching it, there's a lot of people commenting like, yeah, the best way to play the game is like hit the flashlight on the guy, stun him, and then shoot him. I was under the impression you had to have the light on them and then shoot repeatedly, you know, and shoot until they yeah, died. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, because I, I, I was doing that for a while and then because I was playing on the normal difficulty. Um, yeah. Doing doing it that way just like completely can can completely screw you. Because then you're yeah, ba- you then just burn, burn through your, your batteries. Bat- you burn through your batteries, and if you don't have batteries, and you're just down to that last one that regenerates, um, yeah. you're just fucked. Yeah, and then then there's uh, of course there's places where you need to run, and and that I I got like obviously, um, the other another thing that feels intentional, 
but is sort of frustrating mm-hmm. um, is the accuracy of the gun. Uh, the gun feels pretty inaccurate. It kind of makes sense. Alan, once again, he's not an action hero. He's not like his character in the, his novels. He yeah. can shoot a gun, but he's not accurate with it. He wouldn't be accurate with it. It wouldn't make sense for him to be accurate with it. That said, sure gets frustrating <laughs> as you're playing oh, the yeah. game. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, um, I, I wholeheartedly but, agree there. Uh, I I will say this as far as I'm concerned, and and this is not to, because John's got some stuff to say about this, mm-hmm. but as but as far as I as far as me, I had approached this game kind of in the wrong way, but in my defense, and I think John will touch on this, the game sort of presents itself as a third person action game first. Yeah, and so it feels like you should approach it that way. Yeah, when you sit down to initially play it, and if you're stubborn like I am, and also obtuse, mm-hmm. uh, if you're not stubborn like I am and obtuse like I am, at least with this game went, you'll catch on and make you the adjustments you need to actually play the game correctly. I didn't. I played through the whole fucking game this way, which is why there was a couple chapter or a couple episodes that took me like four hours to get through. So. Anyway, so John. Um, okay, yeah. Your so thoughts this, on the controls. This is the part where I rant and rave a little bit. Um, okay, so the first issue, and this is a broader issue with with like game design in general, particularly in horror games. Yeah, and, I, and I'm going to say I, I don't completely agree with your take on it, but I do well, in some ways. But uh, <laughs> anyway... <laughs> It's fine. You, you, hey, you are fully, fully entitled to your wrong ass opinion. That's fine. Yeah. Um, no, but like, I understand having like nuanced controls that reflect that reflect kind of a thing there that make things more that can potentially make things more scary or reflect the fact that you know that that like Alan Wake is just a Alan Wake's an author where even though he's in better shape than I am or even though he's in better shape than I am, I I know I could sprint longer than he could in the game. Yeah. <laughs> which is kind of infuriating. Um, yeah. But the this whole idea in horror games of, oh, no, 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 we just need to make shitty controls, and shitty controls makes it scary because it makes it more, it makes it more difficult or, or, or whatever. And it's like, like it, it's it's the trouble I always had with the tank controls in in older in your your Silent Hills and your uh, Resident your, Evil uh, Resident Evils and the like. Like the tank controls drive me nuts because it's this whole idea of oh we're gonna make it you know more like this makes it more scary because you have to because you, you know you're because you move slowly and and whatever. It's like the if if you need me to be able to be bad at playing the game in order for the game to be good at scaring me, then you fucked up at inception. Yeah. You know, I will say this brings me to an interesting point. Uh, I think one of the, one of the best horror games as far as immersion goes is uh, a game that came out on the GameCube. It's not, it's not been re-released. It's still on the GameCube. I actually played it with our, with our buddy Tom, Back in the day, he had a copy of it. 
uh, is called Eternal Darkness. Now, mm, Eternal Darkness... Yeah. I'm, I'm, I haven't played it, but... I've yeah, it has a sanity meter. It's a very uh, cosmic horror game. And so your character, as it takes damage and, and, and encounters stuff, sort of loses its sanity. And in order to create that effect, so the player actually feels like, uh, you know, they're, they're losing their grip, they can kind of relate to the how the character's losing its grip. The game mm. fucks with you. Uh, it'll do things... Like it'll do things like make make the corridors and, and backgrounds like shaky and blurry, uh, but it'll also go further than that. It'll it'll have you like clip through the floor. There's a point. There's spots. I shouldn't say spots because there's there's just moments where you your sanity leader will reach a point where your character just clips through the floor mm-hmm. and like you're running through the floor. It's not a glitch. It's intentional. There's one. Yeah. One of my favorites. Is it just mm. flashes, not flashes, it puts up the blue screen of death from back in like old Windows days. It just pl- yeah. plasts that that up. This system yeah, has basically crashed. it's like you're fucked. And if you, if you panic or if you freak out and turn it off, you're going to lose your game. But if you wait like 15 seconds, it goes back into the game itself. And for me, that's not... That's obviously. I don't feel like that's bad control. The game actually controlled okay for what it was. It didn't have no that 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 I'm going to say is fucking brilliant. It's super immersive. That 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 is an amazing. That's an amazing example of immersion and also well immersion and also pulling the player in by having like things that are making it look like the real world is being affected by things that are happening in the game. Like that's a great way of creating immersion, but like the, uh, like oh, it's a pain in the ass to turn so that the zombies can come and kill yeah. me, can kill me faster than I can run down this hallway. That that's what I'm talking about as bad horror immersion. It, that's just shitty. That that is shitty design. Um, like if if they wanted to do if they like, frankly. If they'd made it so that it was a little more kind of if you could hide from the shadow yeah. dudes. In this one, in, they made it so you could hide from the shadow dudes and then took away the guns, except for the flare yeah. gun and have the flare guns be more rare. It, it, but so you just have, and so the only thing you can do is immersive. like throw down flares and, and you know, sometimes flashbangs to get away in like the, in that the first... and no other change. Yeah. Like no other change there, but having like having an actual honest to God, um, uh, like self mechanic and making it so that you can like run and bolt and you're not and you don't have to take down everybody. Yeah. That would have been amazing. And then well and then you would have to like save your and then you'd have to like save your flare gun ammo and your and your flashbangs for when you're dealing with like when the the when they when you have the giant things that are being um possessed. Yeah. Or can you imagine can you imagine like trying to figure out where the attention of the giant floating like one of those like like thousand pound coils of wire floating around in the air and you have to try and hide and know where it's yeah. looking? No, and, and going and, through? That would have been fucking yeah. amazing. Like there was no reason for this to be a well, shooter. I think if it had been a little more stealth oriented a little more stealth oriented. It could have fixed They could have been like it could have been Fucking fantastic, and I I think part of the part of the problem with it is uh, it probably comes from its open world original concept. 
Because I suspect that when they when they brought the first con- the original concept up yeah. with the open world, it was yeah the shooter element was heavily influenced there. Um, and one of the things that you another uh, one of your uh, uh, and you you've already kind of touched on My this, points. but one of the things that you haven't really mentioned was the level design. There were there were a lot of spots in this game where you're like I had no like you always go towards the light yeah there's, some, there's no sometimes I mean go towards the light like. Oh. There are 15, there's like three layers of trees in the way of any kind of light. And then the light that I do see, and well, and, and I also got, I also got pissed where like this playthrough going through when I find those like big lights and stuff, like the industrial lights that have been left and you can turn on. Like I didn't like having them there was pretty cool. Having you have, even the fact that they sort of like turned off automatically after a little bit, that also worked the trouble is that i couldn't you couldn't reposition them at all and they were in the the lazy they're in like the most useless yeah. positions yes there was and, actually and one spot that, that i had a huge problem the, with was had a bunch of those uh lights around and i'd run around and turn them on and then just get yeah. bombarded by the taken yeah and it'd be like well what the hell and then because <laughs> And then because the running, that whole running fatigue happened so quickly, you couldn't even like lure the, lure the taken to them. No. Because they were as fast or faster than you almost every time, except for the big ones. And then the big ones, and the big ones like would just appear behind you in large groups. Like it, oh, it just, there was, there's a lot about this just completely drove me nuts. Like the, the, like there were a lot of times where the combat didn't make me feel immersed. I didn't feel immersed. I didn't even feel challenged. I felt like I just walked away getting like more and more yeah. annoyed. No, I, I agree with that. Which I, is I not had the same feeling. There was uh, there was a couple spots. I mean, and that's that's not that's not how you do that, particularly with it with a with a game with like a, with, or the story. The story is so yeah. good. It is really the compelling. game is worth playing through just kind for of the a story. Head war- Get kind of a head twist like, deal there. I, um, I've, I've almost I've, I've almost told people like the you know what watch a playthrough uh, because the story is fantastic, but the gameplay is just kind of it's not even a shows its age thing. It's just like it, it's it's just it's trying to do. I think it's just trying to do one too many yeah. things. There's one too many mechanics, and because of that, none of them are really refined. Yeah, I, I can kind of agree with that, and and I will say like. Yeah, the story is amazing. Like the the moment where he gets that clicker and like reads the page where Thomas Zane is writing about him oh, before yeah. he was born. It was yeah. like, holy shit. Like yeah. Thomas Zane wrote him into existence. Yeah. It's like t- like apparently for a for a brief moment there, Thomas Zane was yeah. God. Uh but that but, but you know that that's the theme. That's the that's the the issue is in in perhaps I think Remedy seems to be one of those studios that kind of learns from its previous thing. Oh, 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 abso- um, absolutely. Like, I, it's one of those where I don't want to, um, because we're going to come back to the yeah. game. I don't want to, like, say too much about it now. But if you compare that to uh, Control, which has a lot of this same kind of vibe yeah. to it. Where it has these like distinct Lovecraftian horror psychological elements yeah. to it, 
but also the gameplay is really yeah it's, so, it's a solid game like you feel yeah like you feel empowered like with, with these abilities you get and the stuff that you can do like you feel empowered yeah. um you feel empowered and like you can make a difference which is which is there but i think i think part of the part of the thing with with the alan wake is it is neither making me it's ne- it's neither making me feel more um it's not making me feel powerful but it's also not making me feel hopeless and you need to do kind of one or the other because if you're powerful then you can have these moments where where you know like where you where that is stripped down and you have this this these moments of vulnerability that you can force on the character and the player which stand is very powerful strong moments um, there, there's a number of those in control that I won't yes. go into because you haven't yeah, played. I haven't it yet. played through it yet. I've only played through <laughs> and, the first. And this is one of those few times where this is one. This is one that that game I love enough that I want. I don't want to you know ruin yeah. it for anybody. Uh, but yeah, there's not a lot of remedy. Those. Remedy. New listeners, there's not remedy, a lot of remedy. Those. Clearly has a, a firm grasp on its game design and stuff. And I and I think they've t- they took Alan Wake and they they learned from it. And uh, from my understanding, the the yeah. American yeah. Nightmare DLC uh, has more arcadey. It's not a DLC. It's actually its own game. Y- yeah. Well, it was it. A- yeah, it's its own game. It was an Xbox arcade it, game, and you but you didn't have to have to Alan Wake in order to buy or okay. play. Yeah. American Nightmare. Um, but and it's one of those where I I almost need to see if that one's if that one was made by. I believe it was. I'm Remedy? pretty sure it was. I, I'm absolutely sure it was. Okay, well, I'm still going to look it up. Just okay, but anyway, because I played through it. But anyway, um, they 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 approached the game that game a lot a lot more actiony. They they firmly embraced the more action type style gameplay with that than they do with Alan Wake and, um, but yeah, he, but. Kind of concluding the gameplay section, because, I mean, we, th- like like I said, there is it does feel dated, and it does feel like there's there's problems with level design, with encounter design, with the way they treat fatigue and the gunplay. There's also very much some intentional decisions that were made with the game design. Um, and I personally, I approached the game incorrectly when I played through it, but, uh, but mm-hmm. everything John has said kind of stands like it needs to come, it, it, it needs to commit to a certain style of play, which it doesn't do. It sort of wants to have, have it all. Yeah. Like I said, like, like Alan needs to be more powerful or less power or, or more yeah. vulnerable. Because 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 really like and and this, this is me have I'm having this, I'm having this actual like realization about ga- like video games as storytelling and one of the things that they can do that is very unique to them is you have that moment of like the powerful that need that are that have to be made yeah. small and then made powerful again and that's the that's sort of the that's a lot of the 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 tropes there that happen with a lot of a lot yeah. of video games. You need that all is lost moment. And so, um, but but also but also there's like the the hopeless, 
like the hopeless and vulnerable and then becomes powerful. Like, I mean, I think having the, like having the whole thing with the clicker, it would have been amazing if that, if even just for like a couple of fights yeah, or, I, I, or like, and or like part of an episode, it had been an actual mechanic that yeah, you I, could I, use. I, that's one thing that really just disappointed me because the clicker, you you quote unquote use it, but it's done in a cutscene. It's not. Yeah, but it's it's a it's a it, it's a plot device. It's not yeah. actually a thing. So as far as presentation goes, um, I love the the initial presentation uh, as it be of it being a television show, which we touched on. I love it. I fucking loved it. I kind of wish uh, we'd see more of that in video games. I don't know why, but I really like that. Um, as far as the graphics, even in the remastered edition, they still feel a bit, a little bit dated. It's not an ugly game. It's actually, uh, it is a little frustrating with the dark uh, element and the flashlight. And if you get backed up into a corner or something, you completely lose complete yeah, visibility. Yeah, I think, I think the, the, it's, it's particularly bad in, um, in like some of the outdoor yeah. That areas. said- there are moments that are absolutely gorgeous, They're, especially during. There's some of the cutscenes and some oh, of the yeah. day, oh, the, the uh, gameplay elements that happen during the day. It, it it's not a it's a visually decent looking game. It, it is dated, and you'll notice like it it has uh, even it has a kind of glammed up uh, graphics from you know the 360 era, but it it's not a. It, it, the graphics aren't bad, and and I'm not a graphics guy. Anyway. I, I don't care that much about them. Um, the sound design and the music yeah. is awesome. The the that is one thing I think is done effectively is the 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 sound design when you're when you're running around in the woods and stuff. There there's a certain ambiance with the music, with the background music and in the sound that sort of puts a little bit of dread as I was playing the game into it. Um, and then the voice acting, uh, the, obviously, uh, Matthew Porretta who, who voiced Alan in the game. Fantastic. Um, I don't know a lot about him. I know, I know he's, he's, he's a pretty successful voice actor. Um, and he's been doing. Oh, that, the guy who's the, the voice Alan Wake, for yeah. Alan Wake. Yeah. I actually looked him up. Sorry. I was, I was looking up some stuff on the, the American American yeah. Nightmare, and apparently I was wrong. It is, or I had thought wrong. It is considered canon, which is very interesting. Yeah, yeah. He, the guy who it's, it's odd, but it's not bad. The, it's the, just yeah. odd. It does, it does, it does develop Mister Scratch a lot. Yeah, though. the guy who, the guy who voiced Alan Wake, he's he's, being, a, he's he's been in movies. He's 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 been in. Oh yeah, yeah, no, he's 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 done uh he's he's done a lot of stuff. He's the um in control, he's one of the main scientist yeah. guys. Uh who even has this whole music video bit that you can stumble yeah. across. He does but he's um, but he yeah, he's voice Alan that. he voices Alan Wake. He's been in a lot of video games, been in a lot of animated stuff, yeah, been and in a lot of television. You know what I found out? What's that? You wanna know you know who I found out that he's a, he was in he was Bill Scarlet in Robin Hood Men oh, in Tights. Yeah. I recognize him, his photograph. Yeah. So, um, well, I, well, once I saw the picture of of Rob Scarlett, I was like, "Well, shit, that yeah. is and him." Then God damn. The other, the other big one is uh, Fred Berman, who ver- voices voices Barry Wheeler. Uh, his yeah, uh, yeah. 
I I I really liked Barry's I did character. Too. I I, I like uh, that kind of the well the the kind of friend who's like, you know what? I'm fairly certain you're crazy, but at this point, everything's fucking crazy. So, what do we do? One of the things. <laughs> what one do of we the do, things, bro? Uh, I like, uh, and he's apparently done a lot of voices for Remedies video games because he he did some voices for Max Payne too. Uh, yeah, they, they 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 grab like they they like to they like to draw from the yeah. same well. Like they, and that, they get, uh, if you get, if you give them good work, they'll keep hiring. Yeah, hiring you, and that makes sense. And and I think a lot of a lot of. Uh, a, a lot of studios and and stuff enjoy doing the same and getting working with the same actors and stuff if they if they have good experiences. So if yeah. you're an actor, uh, you don't need me to tell you this. Yeah. Don't be a dick. Like, <laughs> actually, you know what? Not not even that. If you're doing anything and you want to keep doing that thing with people that that are talented, doesn't matter if it's acting or, or whatever it is. Don't be a dick. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Just a general. Just you know what? As a general rule, don't but be a dick. Things one will of, go one better. One of the things I like about uh the fact so Fred Berman, handsome man, uh looks uh you know, not chubby, looks like he's fit, but they clearly modeled Barry after his face. Like his facial features are you know, you can see the resemblance there. But they they chubbed him up for Barry because Barry's a chubby guy. He's kind of schlubby. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, that's yeah. neither here nor there. Yeah, that's just. But yeah, so so gameplay we have its its problems. Oh, one other thing, they use a lot of. Oh, he does a but he has done a lot of audiobooks. The, I assume that's exactly what you're probably good about. Actually, say. no, I was moving on to music. The music, the soundtrack is oh, okay. spectacular. A lot of lot of great songs. Oh God, yeah. They actually have a couple of original tunes. You know, like, uh, Every, everything in the remedy verse, I would say everything in the remedy verse. That's kind of what they're kind of doing there, because like Control has a great yeah. soundtrack as well. Um, I think there's actually even is a Old Gods of Asgard song that shows up in in Control. Well, it makes sense. Or actually, two so, of them. So fact. the Old Gods. Yeah. Of, there's a Finnish janitor who makes me. The Old Gods of Asgard or uh, the the songs are pr- performed by the Finnish rock group Poets of the Fall. There's two songs specifically that show up in. Uh, Alan Wake 2 and or not Alan Wake 2 and, and Alan Wake Remastered and in, in the original game and they've got like a YouTube channel right now with Old Gods of Asgard and I assume that it's probably guys from Poets of the Fall performing actually performing the songs but mm. I, I show, shared it with John this morning uh, they have this like musical recap of Alan oh. Wake that they, they perform it's bizarrely yeah, enjoyable is... like it's just delightful Oh good. But anyway, so good. moving on uh and uh moving on the themes. One of the themes uh I have a I have a a, a quote okay. from a comic that that I'm going to do. I'm going to do just do the uh the uh um the actual quote itself and not try and read the rest of the okay. actual comic there. Um This is about Alan Wake. Alan Wake is about a writer writing about another writer who is writing about himself and another fucking writer. It's like if MC Escher was a writer and also a douchebag. Yeah. And that's from somebody who did not care for the game. (laughs) Who did not like the plot, especially. Um, Yes. Uh, That that just always makes me so happy. Like I thought of that comic 
immediately. So after. this is one of those things where uh, Alan Wake really touches on creativity, creation itself, and what and what it and what it means to create, but also the nature of stories and the nature of of how they're told. And I think it, it, it not just through the plot, through through its entire presentation and everything. It's a, it's you could you'd also say Alan Wake is a video game that's presented like a TV show uh, about writers. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a writer writing about a writer who wrote that, who may have written that writer into existence to finish um, the story of the the first writer. <laughs> Yes, to finish the story that he had to destroy because he done yeah. fucked up. Um, this is one of those things where it, it's uh, it's highly. I don't say I don't want to say cerebral. It, it's it's shockingly philosophical. I Meta. guess that might be the. I'd say it's philosophical, but in it, it's predominantly very yeah, meta. It's very very meta because it's a story about stories, um, and it's a. About it stories. also has that element of it also about has that, that strong element of cosmic horror, which uh, mm-hmm. oh, the Remedy Verse yeah. their games are clearly taking on that edge. Yeah, I mean, I I also it's in, it's interesting, and I'm kind of curious, as, and I, I doubt they're going to go this direction, but there's something to be said for it's almost like people assuming the dark is evil made the dark place evil yeah and it's trying to seek power but the only type of power it can gain from people is more evil power because there's there's something that there's something with the with the 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 darkness that it or the dark presence that it it wants to be something and it doesn't necessarily seem to know what but it's always been defined by by others and then sort of directing things towards granting itself the most the most substance the most power yeah and i and and I mean, yeah and it's and it's one of those things with because of the fear that people have it's it it grabs yeah. onto that negative emotion and that's what causes it yeah it, it, it would be actually really interesting to see a a perspective like counter story that does that is trying to do the same thing, but it's with the light instead yeah. of the dark. Yeah, that would actually be kind of cool. Um, well, you can almost yeah. say. I mean, the dark would be harder to like wield, but like having somebody without this power to wield shadows, and is trying to fight like fight through the light because it's gone ape shit would be yeah. really interesting. And then and another another one of the the ones we wanted to touch on was history re- repeating itself, because. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Because like Thomas Zane shows up, I mean, writes causes all this crap to happen. Loses his well, well he he loses his muse. Yeah. He loses his muse. Tries to bring her back, and creates new problems. And, and basically, Alan Wake kind of does exactly the same thing, not in the same way, but. Yeah. I mean, I think the difference is, is that he's able to actually like, at least according to what I've seen canonically in uh, American Nightmare and possibly in, in Control and Alan Wake 2, that Alice is, Alice actually kind of walks away mostly unscathed. Yeah. 
except for the fact that apparently Scratch, Mr. Scratch can manifest in the real world and has been fucking yeah. with her. Which I don't know who Mr. Thinking, Scratch is because he's... He, Mr. Scratch is the other... Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. So uh, kind of closing thoughts. We have legacy, but we've talked about the legacy the entire through this last section. Yeah. We, yeah. We talked so, about all those. Alan Wake, there, yeah. American Nightmare. Keep mentioning control. I'm not going to be I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not entirely sure. And, and if, if I play it, I don't know if it's still available on, on Xbox, uh, anywhere on Xbox game store. I know it was on their their arcade, but I don't know if they've ported it over, moved it over to their regular. Oh, yeah. the American Nightmare. I don't know if you can still. Yeah, I, I have I'd no have to idea. look into it. I'm curious enough to play it, so I might I yeah. might look into into picking it up if it's if I can yeah. if I can it's, find it. I mean, it. it it is it is one of those where it gives you like a time rating. I don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I, I know. I, well, I know what, what I'm what I'm saying is not because I know you're so competitive about this, but more because. Uh, to set your expectations yeah. as such that it is, it is an Xbox arcade game that there is some interesting lore stuff, but there's also, you're stuck in this time loop and the way you, the way they sort of justified it being on, um, uh, the arcade is by having it be like, well, how quickly can uh, you get through? Okay. The, can you get, do the stuff you do to get through the yeah. time loop? And then obviously, uh, control, um, Quantum Break, but yeah. it's, which is a game they've developed between Alan Wake and Control. I, from my understanding, it's not actually part of the Remedyverse, but maybe it is. I don't know. Uh, the, yeah, it was also something with like it was connected to a TV show the, uh, or a website yeah, or something. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. The gameplay sounds interesting, and I actually kind of want to check it out because it does, the plot and stuff did sound kind of cool because there's apparently some time travel elements and stuff, and I know how much you love time travel. Um, but... Yes, but uh, it sounded interesting. But as far as the legacy of Alan Wake in the Remedy verse, you know, then there's Control, and then Alan Wake Two, which I know very little about. I haven't watched. I've watched the release trailer, and then I watched the that video that I sent you this morning, which I'll, I'll probably be sharing on the Facebook mm-hmm. page and, and stuff because it's a lot of fun. Um, I don't know that much about it. I, I, I this game's completely off my radar. I haven't seen any reviews on it. Uh, I know it's been nominated for Game of the Year. I don't know hardly anything about it, and so I feel a little out, of, out of, a little out of the loop because I'm usually pretty in tuned to game, new games, but it sort of falls out of my threshold for the games I normally play, and I think that's part of the issue with it. Is that it's not something that would normally be on my radar, other than I played through the first one just now. So, um, anyway, closing thoughts. Uh, do you want me to go no. first? Do you want to go first? Um, uh, let's you go first. All right. So you know what the uh, micro thoughts are, and I've I've kind of revealed them. Um, the game is what it is. Uh, the controls, the frustrations with the level design, and everything are are what they are. I honestly, f- I honestly think it has an adaptive di- difficulty, at least on easy. Because it felt to me like the game wanted me to finish it. And I got frustrated at times, but I never ended up rage quitting the game, which is said something. Um, part of it is I felt like there 
I felt like I could power through. Like I didn't feel like there was ever a moment of hopelessness where I wouldn't be able to get through this level. That said, there were a lot of moments where I was like, God, I just wish this would get to the f- next fucking cutscene so I could see what was going on with the story. And that is a credit to the game's story, but a, a kind of a slight against the game itself uh, and the gameplay elements itself. The story, yeah, awesome. I love the game for that reason. I, I, I'd almost say it, it could be on my threshold of like top 20 games I've played, but it would only be because of the story. I may or may not replay it. Um, knowing what I know now and how I approached it initially and how I approached basically my entire playthrough, I might go back and, and revisit some of the stuff um, to see if I can catch some of the, the TV shows that I missed and some of the radio broadcasts that I missed. Um, but it does motivate me to go back go and, and go back to control and finish that and, and play through that. And it does make me curious, like very strongly curious about Alan Wake 2. And so it's something I'll probably be looking into getting getting uh, in the near future. So, so yeah, I uh, I really liked the game, uh, really enjoyed the game, um, but it has its very frustrating moments, uh, mostly based off um, its game design and, and controls. John, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it I actually wholeheartedly agree with. Like, I I got this, let's see, the game originally came out 2010. in 2010. Yeah. 2010, I probably got my copy in like 2011 or 2012. Might even been 2013 or so, like after I had, after when I was working at the the elementary school. Um there so you know like i i i I played i played through it i remember like for some reason it really unset like it unsettled me initially but it unsettled me the same way that twin peaks unsettled me initially yeah so along the along those part there um you know i have a confession to make what i've never actually watched twin peaks (laughs) um i will say that the first season is arguably some of the best uh best television ever made and then the second season that they forced is hot garbage infuriatingly hot garbage up until the very last episode and if i didn't and if i didn't require showtime or buying it i would watch the one that was the 25 years after or whatever yeah anyway just a little digression. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But it, it's 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 what, like that one's worth a watch. I think this game is worth is worth a play. Uh, but the the game itself, it's it's not it it definitely falls a little flat. I think there there are cases where it's just it's it's not as good as it needs to be to match up with the story. And like if it was if it had been a TV show and they'd done it like as Night Falls like as a TV show about TV shows and then had like Alan Wake sort of like woven through, through all of that. That would have been fucking amazing. Would have been an amazing, amazing way to tell the story. I'm not entirely, I'm not 100% convinced that this was the best medium for this story. But that being said, I do love it. I think this is, I think it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, and and remedy remedy is a fantastic company. They do really great games. I'm 
looking forward to Alan Wake 2. And hell, I'm looking forward to playing through Control for the third or fourth or fifth time. Yeah. I'm actually excited, excited, and we'll I'll tell the story when we actually get to do the episode on control, and it, it'll it'll probably be well, a little bit later uh, in a few months before we yeah. get around to it. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to to visit control. Like it's this game's actually kind of motivated me to 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 play through that, so I'm excited excited to give it a whirl. Um, and I think with that, uh, this is our episode on Alan Wake remastered. And uh, yeah, that that's what we got to say. Next episode, actually, next episode will be a classic. I don't know which one we're gonna do. Uh, it's actually getting pretty close to Christmas time, so we might be we might. Yeah, I had a thought on that, and then I forgot about it, and then I just remembered it. So so we'll talk. Uh, the one that's coming out uh, between this episode and the one we just published, I still haven't decided, but we'll we'll chat about it over the course yeah. of the next few days. Yeah, but. Uh, Yes. But uh, with that, I think we're done. Next episode will be on One Piece live action. Um, yep. We will probably never do the anime because even though I like the anime, uh, it is. I'm not watching. I'm not watching 900 <laughs> episodes of anything. <laughs> Fun fact. Uh, it's up to tw- almost 1200 episodes. <laughs> well, hey, guess what? That just makes me double down, motherfucker. Yeah. But we're going to be doing One Piece. So uh, come aboard. Bring along your Indeed. hopes and dreams. And that's it. Yep. So All right. I'm going to go ahead and finish. Re- oh, do you have anything else you want to add? i to do my call out. Do you have anything else you want to add, John? Yeah. Not before my call out. Okay. Unless you're referring to my call I'm out. I'm referring to your call out. Uh, Not my hunky boys. There we go. I may, I may cut stuff up to your call out. Relevant to Our Interests is hosted by John Pelliston and Frank Shaw. Produced and edited by Frank Shaw. The music arranged by Frank Shaw. Scripting by John Pelliston and Frank Shaw. Graphic design by Frank Shaw and Nathan Newell. You can contact us at relevanttoourinterests at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and what used to be Twitter. John and Frank are on many other social media platforms. Hit us up. You can listen to us everywhere you listen to podcasts. <laughs>